Hear ye, hear ye, and come one, come all for the latest episode of the Super Show Extravaganza. That's right, I'm here. My name is Jamie. Chris is here, his <laughs> name is Chris, and we're going to be talking about everything from the last two weeks of video game action, because that's how long it's been since we recorded one of these fucking things, sir. Ah, yeah, we're kind of making it a bit of a habit at this point, aren't we? <laughs> I know, exactly. But then I guess, I don't know, There's be- like that's what my doctor's always telling me. It's all about habits, Jamie, like brushing your teeth or having a shower. It's all about forming habits. So we are forming a habit oh. of doing this podcast as irregularly as possible, because that technically still counts, right? Yeah, of course it does. And hey, look, last time it was my fault. I was feeling poorly and I didn't come onto this pod. I apologize profusely. I groveled at the listener's feet. And um, they forgave us. And then what goes and happens? Alex Jones doesn't learn from my mistakes, and he goes and gets sick. So Outrageous. R.I.P. Alex Jones. Yes, uh, we look forward to his reanimated corpse joining us in the near future. But until it is ready to do so, then we have to continue marching on with two troopers. I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's technically still winter, right? Maybe not actually seasonally, but if you were outside in the weather that we're dealing with in the UK... Like it's freezing. It's so fucking. It's so cold outside, and like by all news reports that are coming out, it's gonna like snow on Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. There you like, go. It's March. Yeah. What are you thinking, Mother Nature? Plus, two of the three of us have children, so you combine those two elements together, and it's really you, no one's fault. Are you talking about your poo babies again? Yes. I told you, like we don't need to bring that into. Yeah. No, just cut it. Okay, I can. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was public knowledge ever since Pusha T did that track about me. <laughs> Excuse me if I, yeah. But uh, wow, there we go. That was about me. My poo baby there called Ad. Was it called Added? Added. I get confused because oh, the song's called Added Adonis. On. Adonis. Okay. Yeah. Adon. Yeah. 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 Adidon. But that's the, I don't know. I think that was a play on words because you know wow. you know what King Push is like with his well just rappers in general. If there's one thing they tend to like, Chris, it's wordplay. But you know what I like podcasting and there's no better way to do a podcast than to share the record it then share it with the world on places like youtube where you might be watching this right now if you are hello welcome to you give the viewer a like subscribe if you feel so inclined and maybe leave a comment in the conversation down below we also sometimes share this video on twitter i don't do it but there's this thing that automatically tweets whenever the audio version of this podcast goes up. <laughs> and every time Jonesy edits and uploads the podcast, he loves to re- retweet it. Like, to send it out in the world. Um, yeah, just, just by the way. Yeah, by, by the way? By the way. FYI. Yeah. For your information, exactly. there's a pod. You know, that like um, you think about every time I read the Bible, I think to myself mm. whether it's uh, Jesus or Moses or any one of those fellas, how far and wide would their w- word have spread if they weren't, you know... Standing up on elevated platforms and shouting it to the people, shouting it to anyone that will listen, and that's all we're doing, really. Yeah, yeah. just I, I mean, biblical references aside, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, like, do you not remember when the the guy came back down from the mountain and said, "These ten commandments are brought to you by Manscaped, Manscaped," <laughs> and then he, you know, the little offer code, and that's that's what. Hang on a second, something you know, peak people's interest. Now look, ten. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say 10 million years later. I'm not good with years. But wow, we're all... 10 million years later. Well, cuz it's the like commandments. you have the dinosaurs, then you have Jesus, then the then the ice age and then then mm-hmm. cavemen and then uh, yeah. Queen yeah. Victoria and here we are. <laughs> um 
Wow. You know what Queen Victoria didn't do a lot of? Tweeting. It wasn't around back in the day. It's around now. We do some of it at Super Show Pod. And you can also just listen to this podcast on podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Any good place for getting podcasts is a good place to get us. I recommend you do so. And hey, that doesn't just mean sticking to the big outlets for podcasts. That also means supporting your independent uh, outlets, maybe even independent digital radio stations like Paisley Radio over at paisleyradio.com because they beam this podcast out on Thursdays at 10 p.m. If you miss Ooh. it, they repeat it on Mondays. And I can tell by your reaction, Chris, you feel you agree with me that there's no better way to receive a podcast than having it beamed into one's ear holes. Yeah, I just I like that, that thought of beam because it, it kind of brings to mind like the bat signal, mm. but like specifically to you. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. the bat, bat signal put up above your house. If you look out of the window um, <laughs> every Thursday at 10 p.m., repeats on Monday at 10 p.m., and look outside, you will see the Super Show logo. Just a big SS yeah. in the sky. Um, it's, it's one of two things, Jamie. It's either you're in for a good podcasting time or you need to go and hide in the bunker. I, I, one or the other. Like It's a coin toss at this point. It might be a bit of both. I mean, here's one thing I'm pretty sure about, is if that Adolf Hitler was alive today and trying to share his ideas around the world, he'd probably have a podcast to do so. You know, God, you know, you, know, these, you, know you these, would. You know well. these alpha male podcasts that are getting like clipped up and torn to shreds on Twitter at the moment, because it's just like 16 year old white guys talking about their, you know, their supreme alpha mindset and grind. Oh set no, like the, the the sigmas, like Aiden Ross and all that shit. Yeah. Like, oh, but I, 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 don't, is, I don't touch my dick because I'm a fucking Sigma. It's like, okay, bro. I think this is our way of saying that Adolf Hitler would have probably been a top G and already found his way out of the Matrix and may or may not have lung cancer in a Romanian prison. That's for you to decide. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, yeah. We, need, we, need, we need to rethink that logo. We can't, uh, we can't shine that beam up into the sky. Yeah. Um, Upa, Upa Ho? Just get Upa. rid of the S's entirely. Upaho. Upaho. Upahau. 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 This is this. I'm just thinking of Oompa Loompas now. This just sounded like a, a roll dog creation, which no, again U- I don't Upa, mind. Upahau sounds like the the director of such classics as Postal and Blood Rain, the the movie oh, adaptations. Yeah. Uwe, you, you, Uwe the, Boll. The, the Uwe Boll. Yeah, the, I can see <laughs> Super Show Uwe Boll. Maybe we reach out to him. That could be a fun spin off. Oh, he would be. You know, what, actually, that would be an interesting fucking guest. Yeah. Do you know who else would be an interesting guess? Alex Jones, if he were here. Actually, yeah. No, he would be. Because you know why? He, Mm. other than you, Chris, is the only other member of this podcast that has played a little game called (laughs) Elden Ring. Um, (laughs) Some people's game of the year, 2022. Other people's game of the century. And the century isn't Mm. even over yet. Some people's favorite game of all time, even. That's right. It was critically acclaimed. And when you make something good, rule of thumb is give people more of it, Chris. And that's exactly what From Software allegedly, not even allegedly, it's it's 100% confirmed. They said it themselves. It didn't even really leak. They just tweeted it because that's the kind of nonchalant (laughs) Japanese motherfuckers they are. A DLC or an expansion, as they're referring to it, has been confirmed in the form of Shadow of Erdtree. In development, they look forward to uh, inviting us on new adventures in the lands between, but when we do not know. Chris, I'm afraid I'm going to have to defer to you on this. Even if I had played Elden Ring, you would still be our de facto in-house expert. So how are you feeling about this? Was this a, d- a day of rejoice for you when you saw this tweet? Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it totally was. Um, a, a lot's happened 
Jamie, in, in the last two weeks that we, we've um, had the pod. I think, first off, I just want to say shame on you for not playing Elden Ring yet. Oh, Honestly, yes, shame I'll, on you. Yeah, fine, I'll accept that. You know, because whether you played it for an hour or taking your time to beat it, it's it's a good it's a good time, and you need to get on that. And I I don't think I want to come back to the podcast until you have. So there's a <laughs> gauntlet thrown down. Um, oh Jesus! Okay, that's a lot of pressure. So it's up to you. Um, look, it it, it it was a welcome kind of surprise, but it wasn't really a surprise because you know over the over the past few months there have been updates to the Steam database. You know where they like load in things to test them on a private fucking fork of steam or some shit i don't know i'm not a technical i, dude, yeah, like I don't know how that shit right? works either so yeah exactly but like stuff has been added to steam to show a bunch of like uh placeholder names for bosses etc i think they've got like maybe what was it like 30 bosses etc in that last leak um how much of it is is gonna make it into this dlc who the fuck knows um but yeah shadow of the earth tree so <laughs> the funny thing about this is not only did they just outed as a, a tweet, Jamie. Yes. They did it at 2 a.m. UK time or? I think it was either UK time or, or US time, but either way, like people were sleeping when it happened. Yes, okay? which again is classic. <laughs> yeah, like fucking classic Van Dynamco. Um, and they announced it with like that little blurb that you read out and a single image. No, no fancy trailer, just the fuck. And you know what? Like, Fair play to them. That's all they fucking needed to do because for the next few days, all I could think about and all I could read and all I could see on my fucking um, timeline was Shadow of the Earth Tree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as as I'm the only one <laughs> between the two of us who can, like, talk about it, I'll I'll just give a little bit of kind of info. Yeah, break it the first, down. The first thing being that it's actually quite late for a DLC, even at this... Like, even if it had to launch today, it is quite oh, late I for... See for FromSoft to release a DLC from a game that they would have DLC for. Because, like, mm. Sekiro came out, or those published by Activision Blizzard, it never got a DLC. And yep. it could have, you know, by all means. It did have an update, but not a DLC. So it is a little bit late. Um, in general, FromSoft um, DLCs are pretty good, and they usually introduce a lot of people's favorite fights uh right. boss fights because that's what that's what this is all about right it's all about the boss fights but yeah like in the game the the initial game the, the base elden ring experience there's a lot of avenues that this dlc could have gone through and when all this stuff on steam db kind of leaked everyone was like oh i wonder what it's going to be what it does seem to be from what the image was that or what's in the image when it was released so mm -hmm. it showed the earth tree kind of now lost its luster, as it were. It seems to be another tree coiling around it. There's a field of barley, because obviously Sting is creating gotcha, a score yeah, for this, when he would for this uh, game. Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time, really. Yeah. Um, and we see our trusty steed, Torrent, being ridden by someone with um, like fairly light flowing locks, which a lot of people have been saying is Mikola. So Mikola in the game is uh, an Imperian, so someone who can take on the role of a god in the game. I mean, I might I might be oversimplifying things. I might be maybe misremembering some things, but basically the Imperians are the people that can kind of like take on the Elden Ring and, and control the lands between, etc. Um 
And Mikola wanted to, as far, God, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain now. There's so much fucking lore to kind of remember. I yeah. probably should have, done, well, should have done a refresher. Not only is there a lot to remember, you also have to record, like include the fact that all of this was delivered to you by some weird person whispering in an English accent. Oh, hello, tra- traveller. The lands between the Elden Ring are full of uh, tarnish, so... <laughs> Tread carefully upon the fields of gold. All right. Okay, Jamie, look, if you're going to be the voiceover in, in in the DLC, just let me know now. Just break embargo, because well, that was, that was and spooky. The, 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 and do you know what the best part about it was, Chris? And not, not only was it pitch perfect and, like you said, you know, borderline, borderline embargo breaking for yeah. um, Shadow of Earth Tree, it also doubles up <clears throat> as, a, um, as an audition not just for the Elden Ring DLC or any Elden Ring sequels, but also every From Software game ever, probably including Armored Core at this rate, so... And, and any Xenoblade game as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The accents in that game is oh, ridiculous. Hello, Tar. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like more lyrics from the song "Fields of Gold" now, and trying to do them in the my Elden Ring voice, but I, I've got nothing. Upon it's the right. fields of, yeah, you know. I, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let me break it down. So Mikella wanted to kind of like rebel against the Earth Tree uh, to the point where he even created his own massive tree called the Halig Tree, which is a, I believe, an optional area. In it most definitely is an optional area in Elden Ring, but when you come across Mikola in the game, it, it seems that he's dead. Okay, so it's kind of like, oh well, if that is the case, how are they going to do this DLC? Some people have kind of theorized that it might be a a travel back in time. Other people, and I, I don't really subscribe to that. Other people think that you will go into Mikola's dream, which is the thing that you could do with another dead uh, Imperian. In the game, so it could be that, or it could be somehow he just gets resurrected and takes over. Now, the one tree wrapping around the Erd tree is another thing that could signify that, like the Hedic tree, it worked as replacing the Erd tree. Who the fuck knows? Um, It's cool, and as usual, from one single fucking image, like there was a Vati video video that was like I don't know, like ten or fifteen minutes long on a single fucking image. It's like okay, cool. Obviously. You know, they delve into what it could all mean. Um, I just think it's cool, man. Like, yeah. more, and, more, El- and I'm still fucking on the base game of Elden Ring. I don't have any fucking time to play these days, but I'm, I'm working through it at a trickle. It's not even squirrel gaming at this point. It's fucking leaky forced gaming. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's actually, I think you're on something there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a prostate cancer gaming. You know, it's like you've got, you've got no control over it. It just kind of drips from. Okay. See, for me, that's like diarrhea gaming. I've oh, got no, right. Yeah. No control of when it happens, but when it does, boy, it's going to be a blast for all involved. So, <laughs> wow, Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's cool, man. And like, with stuff like this, you can always expect more bosses. And like I said, with their track record with the DLCs, they all, like, there's always going to be one boss that becomes people's favorite boss fight. And yeah. that's what you can kind of look forward to. Also, look forward to, like, I don't know, like new weapons and all that shit, which is like it's the core experience of the Elden Ring or the FromSoft yeah. kind of thing. It's nice. I'm I mean, I'm really psyched for it. I just don't know when it's going to come up. No, that's the interesting thing because obviously that you know this is now in the midst in terms of uh, From Software's upcoming projects with the aforementioned Armored Core sequel, which yeah. some people I believe since we last recorded started speculating that that game could see release before the end of this year. So you then get into a weird situation of like, well, actually, is Armored Core 
first, for want of a better way of putting it. Like, can mm. Armored Core actually be out in that September to November region that was rumored? Uh, because from software, as, as you hinted at, they kind of they move in mysterious ways. They say as much or as little as they want to say. And I also feel like that sort of dr- slightly drawn-out process that they went through with Elden Ring, where do you remember they did that really early teaser trailer that introduced Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin working together, but was all very sort of like, it was tonal and sort of like uh, set dressing, and it wasn't, like, there was no, not, and it felt like it was two years before we saw the game proper. I've yeah. got a feeling they want to avoid that where possible. And so if you told me from now on that From Software's sort of announcement to release cycles are going to be either a lot shorter or a lot more content-packed than Elden Rings was, um, I'd believe you. So, yeah. yeah. But then again, they're, they must, they're probably different teams, right? So almost certainly different teams working, yeah, almost certainly. you know, completely independently of each other. And maybe that allows for them to come out fairly close yeah. together. I don't know. What is worrying is, like I said, it's it is quite late in the cycle of this game for FromSoft yeah. to usually be re- releasing DLC. And when they released this, they just said it is effectively an announcement to say that the DLC is being worked on. Yeah, which currently is like, in development. Yeah, which yeah, exactly. That's the wording, which mm. is kind of like going to. I mean, it's better than just putting out a job post to to explain that something's in development. We we knew that they were always going to do something because they were like, oh. Yeah, this sold fucking shitloads. And I think like after they said that they sold 13 million in like two weeks or something, they said, oh, yeah, we'll we'll got a lot more stories with Elden Ring in mind. Yeah. So it's like everyone, everyone's first thought was like, okay, well, DLC is like a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, like w- without any trailer, with one fucking image, who the fuck knows when this will be? But as it's a DLC, like it's perfectly fine for them to just tease it and then one day just say, oh, yeah, here's, here's a trailer. It's... Like they could even shadow drop it, Jamie. Like, yeah, th- this but, is the thing that they that, that they've earned themselves with Elden Ring's release is they don't have to do fuck. They, they're in the rock star realm. They don't have to do oh. fuck all. They could shadow drop it and it'll still sell fucking gangbusters. Oh, I I agree. They can basically do whatever they want from this point in terms of you know how much or how little they say when they say it, and as you said, when they release it. There is an element though of like. You know, Elden Ring was one of the most anticipated games, you know, industry wide at the time of its launch. It went on to be an overwhelming success, and they have, in that success, created now what is even just as DLC one of the most anticipated pieces of gaming software now. <laughs> again, that's it. So, it obviously maybe not to quite the same fervor as as the base game because that's just the nature of the beast. But like this will now be on people's most anticipated games list. Until it comes out, and so yeah. I hope they're ready to deal with the uh, the thunder um, that comes from <laughs> an internet full of hungry fans. Such as well, did, so, so it was also because people are thinking maybe they'll release the DLC on the one year anniversary of Elden Ring's release, which obviously they missed. Even this thing, I don't believe it fell on the uh, this tweet didn't fall on the anniversary, but they did put out a tweet, Jamie, saying that they. Um, they hit 20 million um, uh, players, purchases, I guess. Yeah. If, if you do a bit of quick math, Jamie, okay? Now, this, this game wasn't full-price game, okay? So let's, let's say we, we take 20 million and we just, just times it by 50, whether it's dollars or pounds, it's entirely up to you. Sure. That's $1 billion. $1 billion or $1 billion pounds. Now we know games are expensive to make, but it's not a billion fucking dollars. 
No, uh, it would have been a, a long way from that number, and then I'm sure that uh, gets marked down as a considerable success um, for all involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just crazy to me that like you know <clears throat> the, the twenty when you're talking about twenty million, and we've had this kind of conversation before. We've looked up the numbers on sort of you know you know like best selling games of all time, and, and obviously yeah. you like you're you're encroaching on that territory, but you're nowhere near sort of like the the big. And so that, but that what I'm going to say is that that's actually besides the point. What's incredible yeah. to me is that we're really talking about here, like a, a studio, and let's not call it a series, but let's call it like a subgenre that would have, like, even a decade ago, been seen as extremely, you know, niche and kind of like like a boutique kind of thing. Um, yeah. Obviously, if we did explicitly go back to a decade ago, you know, things were starting to build, and sort of the anticipation for games like Bloodborne was starting to grow and um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Blood, how, like, how old is Blood, Bl- Bloodborne? Bloodborne was, I think, twenty fifteen, maybe twenty fourteen. Okay. So, I, I, I think if you went back ten years, twenty fourteen was Dark Souls two. Right. Okay. So, yeah, we'd have been just before Dark Souls two. Bloodborne would have been just around the corner. Um, and like the the kind of the the ripple effect from Dark Souls one would have been felt. But like again, you talk about that growth in ten years from from Dark Souls one. Dark Souls 2 kind of uh, era to a standalone game based on a brand new IP that can sell 20 million units. I mean, people are, you know, ranting and raving about Hogwarts Legacy, which is probably going to approach 20 million units sold, um, you know, in the coming weeks, months, whatever it is. I don't know what the drop-off was like after week one and week two. But for Elden Ring, that's just different gravy. It's a different beast. Because it's not fucking Harry Potter. Exactly. It's it's like they had to work off their own own steam. And I guess that's kind of what um merit gets you. Like, oh, a from soft game means something to people now. In in the same way, maybe not like as far reaching as say a Hogwarts IP, but from soft as if you think about it as an IP, like it's captured the gaming audience and you know, it's like we said, they, they don't yeah. need to do much. And I think at the time when it was announced that they were doing this collaboration with uh, George R. R. Martin is at the same time, like probably at the height of um, Game of Thrones, like Yeah, height. well-timed. So that helped out. I mean, I know it had died down by the time the game actually released, but it still counts for something. Yeah. Um, it's just a perfect no, storm for them, I th- man. I think like... In terms of like uh, like original IPs, even if they there's another reason for them to be popular, I think Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which obviously there's tabletop origins there, but as a video game, was the first, uh, uh, you know, of its nature of uh, in that sort yeah. of series or whatever you want to call it, of based on that IP. Um, like that's the only thing that comes close in terms of sort of like that sort of natural and organic build up of hype and excitement that leads to sales. And of course, the big difference there is that see Project Red. Drop the ball, regrettably, um, and yeah. and in some respects are still recovering from that in a way that From Software, you know, like the the worst From Software I've had to deal with is that some people didn't like Dark Souls two as much, you know, and that's basically <laughs> as bad as it gets. And when that's your reputation oh. after however well, many years, Jamie, if if you uh, peruse the um the the thing that I mentioned before on this podcast, if you go into YouTube and you just have a you know look up Dark Souls two video essays, a lot of them is going to be like, were we too harsh on Dark Souls two? Dark Souls two is better than you think. The reason why Dark Souls two is the best in the series. There's a lot of kind oh, of like revisionist yeah. history uh, going going on. 
Yeah, and and, and, to, and to be fair, Mike, I don't know where that revisionist history came from, but then there's also the argument, the age-old argument that if some <laughs> the people... algorithm, bro. Well, there's that, but I was going to say also there's every chance these people decided to do the classic thing of like, let's see what From Software were up to before Demon Souls, and that is a um, a kettle of fish that no one should uh, set themselves up for. Like, no one, please, no one, whatever you do, no matter how engaged you think you are by you know From Software and the history, don't go and play Kingsfield. It's just, it's just not worth it. Um, word word of warning. Um, but it sounds like, for all intents and purposes, Chris, this DLC will be worth the wait. So we'll um, we'll watch on, and we will remain excited. And I will hope to have played some amount of the base game by the time it comes out, so I can join um, in the fun this time. I mean, you got to do it, Jamie. You just you just literally have to do it because you are missing out on yes, w- without any hyperbole. The game of the year last year. I'm not going to say the game of the decade or the best game ever because I mean I I don't think it's that. Chris, there's a thing. There's things about this that you don't appreciate. For example, let me ask you a question, point blank. If okay. I had played Elden Ring in say the yeah. last week, how would I have found the time to complete the entirety of Outriders for no reason? Uh, I mean, I can't answer that. There question you go. For you, exactly. Jake. Until you can answer questions like that for me, then <clears throat> um, then you're dead to me. Not literally. But um, but you see, okay, hold on, because I hear stuff like, "Oh, you played Outriders." I finished just Outriders. Kind of, yeah, like, you finished in like, Outriders in like four days. I just like I'm just gonna like yeah, sit down and play this. That that, that just feels like you're making excuses to not play Elden Ring at this point. It's Sometimes like, what have I what have I got? What have I got? Uh, uh, Outriders. Okay, cool. It's, okay, intim- how, it's how, intimidating. All right. How was Outriders? There we go. Let's <laughs> let's move it on. How was Outriders? <laughs> Outriders was was fine. Outriders did, is did a you, weird thing. Did you finish? You didn't finish the game like initially, right? Or and here's did the thing, you up to what was released? At that I never point? even owned the game. So what I did was I obviously played it pre-release. That was people yeah. very very long-term fans of the Super Show might remember that I went out to Poland and played it. Um, didn't you play it like three separate times or something? I played it quite a lot, and like I played the same demo over and over again, and then it disappeared for a long time, and it came back, and there was a beta, and that beta was basically identical to what I played like. At that point, I think over a year earlier. So it was one of those very confusing things where you're like, this vertical slice is almost identical to what I captured 13 months ago. But okay, game development. I'm not going to ask any questions. (laughs) And then I just didn't have the money to buy it when it came out. And Jonesy did. So we played the beta together. Um, He took that uh, progress, transferred it over to the the retail version of the game and kept going. And I got left behind in the mud. Um, Until Mm -hmm. now, thanks to the power of PlayStation Plus Extra. Um, oh wow! Okay, that game's in the catalog oh, cause, cause, now. Because wasn't it also on Game Pass? It, yeah, I think it is still on Game Pass. Because this is right, the thing okay. about Outriders that I think <clears throat> I don't know. I was I was on YouTube earlier because I was like looking up a build sort of guide, and people were talking about Outriders. Is it dead? The dead game, and so on and so forth. The <laughs> thing about Outriders that I'm not sure enough people know is that Outriders isn't a live service game. Outriders, for as much as it wants to and does borrow a lot of ideas from like Destiny and The Division and and maybe even Anthem, for example, it's not one of those. Like, Outriders is finished. People Can Fly have said, oh, yeah, well, like, we've making the next... Like, we're done. Like, there's... Yeah. We're not going to yeah. keep patching Outriders. It's not a live game. It's just a just a co-op game with loot, and we've moved on. Um, so I think a lot of people had sort of the wrong idea about it, and the reality is that if you just treat it as a Gears of War clone with uh, Division or, uh, or Division or Destiny-style loot, and Diablo and a Diablo style skill system and a Diablo style approach to hey, there's forty five different difficulty levels. Um, depending <laughs> on like then then it's fine. 
It's got a pretty yeah, naff cool. story and it's kind of structured weird with the way you collect quests and travel around the map. But it's fine because the shooting feels okay. And I like to turn my brain off sometimes. Fair um, enough. But yeah. Uh, I was, what, oh, sorry, what's that? No, I'm just looking at numbers. Um, oh, no. Average, average players on Steam for the last 30 days, 335. It's not bad. Again, if they wanted it to be Destiny, yeah, you could yeah, call it that... dead. You could call it dead, but it it's far more like Borderlands than it is Destiny. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing that like really bugged me with like, um, they did it with Elden Ring, they did it with um, uh, Cyberpunk. They were like a month after the release, they said, "Oh, the player base is halved." I'm like, "Well, yeah, because people have fucking finished the game." Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get it sometimes. Like, like every single game through all humankind is a dead game, apart from like the most recent handful of new releases by those metrics. You know, like yeah, yeah, it is crazy. But ah, man, okay, so you did Outriders. Um, I still want you to get on the Psychonauts train, whether it's jumping straight into Psychonauts two to. or just going into the first Psychonauts, because it is they are special, Jamie. They are so special, and it's not just as special as they're saying in the. Yeah, like like it, it is as special as they're saying in the documentary. Like, come on. Trust me, it's it's genuinely high up on the list. That's more of a logistical one where because of Game Pass and obviously being able to get those games for free, functionally speaking. Um yeah. that makes them PC games and I haven't I've been doing that thing where I've had a lot of work on and like six, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, whenever I finish work rolls around, and I'm like, well I'm not gonna the one thing I'm not gonna do right now is sit at my computer for another few hours and Although I have got it set up in such a way where I can play my PC on my TV, I don't yeah. bother switching around the HDMIs. And yeah, it's just you know what, I'll get to it. I promise. You get to it. So that that's your homework. It's it's Psychonauts two and Elden Ring. I, I'd suggest maybe tackling Psychonauts two first because it's I, well, a, I forget, a much did, better known quantity. Did did we establish whether or not you think I should play Psychonauts one before two? Because I kind of like two. But I don't know if you like if that's if the concern there is yeah, that I'll so, get put off. <clears throat> I, I don't think you'll get put off. I think it I think it holds up surprisingly well, the initial game. Mm. Um obviously it is coming from that kind of like Xbox era. Um, you know, some of the textures are kind of muddy initially, um, especially as you start off in the kind of like the summer camp. Um you'll probably find some of the platforming a little bit floaty. But it's one of those things where the writing is just as sharp today as it was back then. And the ideas are just as creative today as they were back then. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that makes I, sense. I, I think when people say that that game holds up, they're not necessarily talking about it from a gameplay perspective. Because I, I don't think that Psychonauts was ever ever really high up on the gameplay element of, of things. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's a, a decent platformer, and yeah, there's some decent action. But you go there for the art style, you go there for the humor, you go there for the crazy ideas, you know. That's um, what, yeah, that's I, what... I, think, I think you'd be perfectly fine to start at the beginning. Um, and it's not a long game, so... Okay. That is that is you... the that is the thought, um, the thinking at the moment. So. Yeah. I think you could smash um, it in a weekend, probably. Let, yeah. me, let me check how long it is. How long to beat? How long to beat? Well, that, I've been spending a lot of time on how long to beat as well lately, Chris. Because I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know if you do this, but there's something about Xbox Game Pass being pretty good at collecting, you know, other, especially third-party titles along the way. That is <clears> both <throat> a blessing and a curse. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how how long are we looking at? So, if you focus on main objectives, twelve hours in length. Uh, okay. If you're looking to one hundred percent the game, twenty-one hours. 
I'll skew more towards the former, I think, if I had a choice. I, I, I think it'll probably be like a, a healthy 16 for you. Okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Because cool, just... usually what happens is like, you start the game, you get into the story, then you start to understand how where all the collectibles are and how you can branch out, and you totally. start doing a bit of that. And then as soon as you like progress a little bit further, you're like, all right, I'm just going to go main story, let's go. Because it, Psychonauts is a collectathon with not much kind of payoff if you don't want that payoff if you know what i mean yeah totally so um, yeah, I, I could see like 15 16 and that's like i said that's a weekend for you so it, it is actually do you know what that i don't know if it is because 16 <laughs> 16 is eight like two eight hour sessions and um, and for as much as i think people love the idea uh, of me being eight. this extreme gamer <laughs> i'm not i don't sit down and play eight hours of video games on saturday eight hours of video games on sunday and call it a weekend did you? Well, I, yeah, I don't think you did it with God of War Ragnarok, actually. Like, yeah, even God of War Ragnarok. Like, I, I don't. You, I, you used to do that though. There, ha- God of War Ragnarok. Like, yes, the God of War twenty eighteen. I played until like. I'm not going to necessarily call it my retinas because I'm not enough of an like an anatomy <laughs> expert, but my eyes would hurt by the end of the day, um, and I had to rest them you. overnight. And I each fo- each preceding day would take shorter and shorter amount of time. For my eyes to start burning while I was playing, um, but anyway, one, yeah. one day you're busy playing, your 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 fucking your retinas just catch a light. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, if we were going to do like a dramatic, like, like I don't know, cartoon kind of like depiction of of that scenario, like, let's say you were doing one of you were a cartoonist, Chris, for a Sunday morning cartoon, and you'd been asked to do a little drawing of me playing God of War, you probably would have made my eyeballs could be on fire. Yeah, I like that. I like I, I like that character share. Yeah, cool. yeah. Nice. Um, um, speaking of, I will just say briefly. Speaking of uh, games that are on Xbox Game Pass in Psychonauts mm. Two, not God of War 2018, and people's uh, eyes uh, being on fire, and in and in another case, actually, maybe even people's ears being on fire. I will say, like perhaps a word of warning: one with first-hand experience, one with third-hand experience, on a couple of um, <coughs> headline-grabbing recent additions. <laughs> Uh, to Xbox uh, Game Pass, one of which, Chris, you were talking to to, to me about uh, prior to recording, which is uh, Woe Long. And <laughs> you'd be forgiven for asking if Woe was spelt with an E on the end, am I right? Oh. Because it sounds like that PC port um, fucking sucks ass. If you, Big if, time. You know, uh, so, you know, as many words. Yeah, I, I don't have first-hand experience on this, but I was reading up on the situation because it was trending on Twitter, and it's like, I, I like to see the trending tab, like, what are people talking about it? So it turns out, Jamie, that, yeah, as you said, that this PC port, it sucks ass. Like, <clears throat> it was a day one release on Games Pass, so people were kind of, like, hyped about it. Yeah, like, um, that's the kind of thing I might install. <clears throat> yeah, like, Team Ninja make fun double-A games, I'd imagine. The they, Neo games were they, cool, and in, the, in a similar genre. Yeah, exactly. So I think fair to say that people are kind of hyped about this. Um, And I think game-wise, it's been getting pretty good reviews, but it has been getting, on Steam at least, uh, mostly negative reviews. And I'd imagine the reviews would be similar on uh, Xbox for PC, Xbox Game Pass for PC. So what happened effectively is, from what I've been reading, Two major issues. There, there are loads of like bugs, etc., mm-hmm. but it's the performance issue that is really getting people down. So the one thing that they did is, if you're playing with the mouse and keyboard, they kept dead zones for um, for controller triggers. And they kept it on the mouse. So if oh, you do yeah. small small movements on the mouse, 
nothing's going to happen. And people have tried to like up the sensitivity of their mice. And it's like, no, this it's an actual fucking dead zone. And the mouse needs to travel X amount of distance before it kicks in, which Beautiful. is fucking mental to me. Yeah. Um, but okay, fine. You know, fair enough. That's that's easily patchable. I'm sure it's a. I'm sure it's just a tick box in the code, right? That's how this shit works. Just edit the um, .ini file. Simple as. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, the other one is is a little bit, a little bit harder to wrap your head around. Um, and I hope I'm gonna explain it correctly. But there is a frame rate bug where, if you set your frame rate higher than your rig can produce it, the game is gonna try and overcompensate. And the way it overcompensates is by slowing down the game. I don't understand how that works, but sure. It's some kind of a bug. And effectively, like what I was reading is, if you set, as an example, and I hope I'm relaying this example correctly, if you set your, in your system settings of the game to 120, but your rig can only manage up to 90 frames a second, then it's going to slow the game down by 0.75%. Perfect. Or, or some shit like that. And it's just like, why? That's mad. And apparently, both of these issues were present in the demo that they released, like, what, like a month or two ago? And I think people there were like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird, but sure, we can go with it. Um, and they just never patched it out for the release candidate. Which, so. again, which again, like, you, you pointed out to me when we were chatting beforehand that I kind of joked last week about watching that Sir Psychonauts documentary and never wanting to criti criticize game developers or be critical of the game development process yeah. or cycle ever again. But it is it's fascinating. Like when problems like that exist for as long as they do. And like maybe they would maybe they hey maybe they just couldn't replicate it on their side and they thought it didn't like who knows? But fascinating. Yeah. It is kind of mad. Apparently the solution to that bug is to just set your uh, like as long as you can get over 60 FPS on your system mm. to just set the internal right. FPS to 60. And then it, will, and yeah, it won't have anything to compensate for. And Yeah, I, th I think it's you still get like frame rate spikes and what have you because it's not, it's not doesn't seem like a very yeah. optimized game. But the thing is like that, it, it, that shit that they can patch and they should have patched. I know we can feel bad about ragging on game developers because it's hard, especially now because we know that people go through divorces because Double Fine said so. But yeah. at the same time, if it's a problem in the demo, and I'm sure they would have gotten feedback from that demo, even feedback internally from before then, if they just listened to their fucking Q&A testers instead of molesting them. I'm not saying that Team Ninja Oof. molests their QA testers, but some companies do. Some companies some do. French, some French companies. Um, you know, so <laughs> I just think it's it's something that yeah maybe you popped the priority yeah maybe plus like sometimes there are technical problems like this that are perhaps can you know the reason they're happening is slightly confusing how to fix them is slightly confusing the amount of like time they have to fix <clears> them <throat> and the amount of priorities they have to deal with is these are all things we're not privy to and so that they can be I guess, like as you're saying, somewhat easier to forgive, assuming that something's going to get done about it in the long run. That isn't to say, though, for all the you know the double fine jokes that we're making, that you can't criticize games for making outright bad creative creative decisions. Like, like fundamentally, again, regardless of time constraints or budgetary concerns or or whatever the case may be, or you know, personal life strife in the case of an individual developer, like. Bad art can still be created. 
Or in the yeah. case of a game like Atomic <laughs> Heart, uh, bad writing can still be done and bad VO of that writing um, could be recorded, which is, mm. uh, hey, go figure exactly what happened. Um, this was wow. the ears bleeding that I was, um, ears on fire, excuse me, that I was alluding to oh, earlier. Okay. Um, yeah, I've only played like two hours of this game, which um, with the kind of how it extended and, I don't know, I'm not going to say overall, but let's just say over long, that game's intro is hasn't amounted to a huge amount of gameplay, but what little I have seen of that game and what little time I have spent with that protagonist, um, like, wow, they really sucked a video game protagonist out of like 2003 and put him in a weird, like, Russian sort of Bioshocky first-person shooter, day one on Game Pass, how the fuck did this get made, weird thing, and I don't quite know how I feel about it yet, but... So- I, I, yeah, I've, it's funny. I was listening to another podcast, um, uh, the Noclip podcast, actually. And oh, yeah. Daniel Dwyer was talking about it. And there was a really interesting thing that he brought up because um, he was speaking to one of his co-hosts about it. And I think one of his co-hosts is like half Russian, like his mother's Russian or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, oh, and they were like, Russian. oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they played the game in Russian. And he was like, yeah, it sounds fine. Like the voice acting, the words, it's all fine. So Daniel Dwyer was like, oh, I wonder if there's like some kind of a translation issue, etc. But also what he was saying, and I think this is the most interesting point is, you know, we, we take for granted, I think sometimes of how similar we might think Russia is to, um, to the West. I'm not talking like American West, like even like European, right? Sure, sure. But actually, they are so fucking different in a lot of how they see the world, how they go about things. And what he was saying is like, he wonders if it's us with our Western sensibilities kind of thinking like, oh, that sounds a bit hammy or whatever. But actually, to a Russian audience, it's like pitch perfect. Pitch perfect what for what they're used to or pitch perfect for what they think Western people sort like? Because well, e- it's, like, it's, it's like a big, I think the character is canonically Russian, but like, in the in the in the version of it that's been localized for Western markets, it's like an yeah. American accent. Oh yeah, sure. But like, imagine if you were playing that game with the original Russian. Is um, the dialogue still the same though? Because like, I don't know. I, I, so I think that they definitely had a idea to appeal to a Western audience because obviously you want to appeal as much as you can to any audience so you sure. can get sales and money. But yeah. what I'm saying is like a Russian's idea of what they think a Western audience would like right, is so, different yeah. to what a Western developer's idea of what a Western audience would like. Yeah, so that makes sense. What, so it's like they might think like, hey, being like misogynistic, et cetera, is still accessible, whereas- Still hip. It's still hip. Still <laughs> down with the kids, as long as that kid is male. Wait, 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 Chris, we're playing video games. Of course the kid is male, right? Yeah, well, there we go. Um but yeah, whereas like maybe things have progressed a little bit more in the West, or not. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely an Depends interesting Depends on theory. the developer. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting theory. It's actually, it's not dissimilar to kind of like what was going on in my head before, which is like, hey, was this a like largely Russian studio that didn't have the capacity to translate and localize and record VO for the, for the West, and so like farmed it out to a localization studio that didn't do very many video games and had a very... Yeah limited or narrow idea of like what that audience like kind of like you said like what that audience wanted and what that audience thought was standard you know so so it is it is a russian developer but i i believe some i I don't know what percentage but some of the devs that worked on the game lived in cyprus 
I think that's where the um, headquarters are, right? The, the yeah. studio. Yeah. So look, like Cyprus and Greece have like a big influx of Russians because, uh, like they have, like you can buy passports effectively. Yeah. You know, like buy buy certain amount of land, donate certain amount of money, we'll give you a passport kind of situation. Um, also popular holiday destination. So yeah, I think that's where they're headquartered. Um, and I think that obviously they had started this, or I don't know if they'd started, but we found out about this like during the COVID era. So they were obviously working through that kind of logistical nightmare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, not, not having played it, Jamie, I think I can say it's pretty cool that this thing exists, at least, whether it's good or not, who, who the fuck knows. But to have a a Russian game kind of like, infiltrate for lack of a better word um like a western market in this way and just be like hey like this is something that you might be interested in and it looks pretty at least yeah you know i like the idea more of like maybe like a small independent russian studio working on something like a little bit you know and and like if that found an audience in the west that and, and like like I, I don't know there are elements of this, this company like some of the stuff i've read about like ties to like hey where the money for this has come from yeah. and like old versions of their sort of like uh privacy and sort of like their all the their po- old versions of their policies that are like what what's the what's the um what's the name of the th- group that's basically the modern day kgb it's like the f fs fsb fsb yeah like there was some version like someone found like a, a version of the cut the, the developers like privacy policy or something like that on their website that basically had a small print that said that they retain the right to give all um all everyone who signs up information to the fsb and then when they someone pointed out online they were like oh that's an outdated that's an outdated version and they like they updated it very quickly and also like one of the sort of like like it's like i don't know billionaire um oligarchs probably i'm not even sure involved in gazprom i think is heavily involved like just really weird stuff like that and then mick gordon yeah. who did obviously some music for this game ended up giving all of his money for it uh to um you know uh, to uh, the help fight the fight in ukraine um i love that though that's such a fuck you that's like yeah, yeah i'll do i'll do all the work pay me all the money and then you just turn around and be like, "By the way, go fuck yourselves." Yeah, Let's go to I, Ukraine. I, I, gave, I gave it to um, to aid. Well, maybe not directly aid the military side of the cause, <laughs> but um, to aid the opposition in a war you're currently your nation's currently engaged in. So. Yeah, love that. Love that. <laughs> a bit like Hogwarts Legacy, Chris. One of those messy ones that I. It's not that I'm opinionless, but sometimes it's not always easy to jump on a podcast and explore those opinions <laughs> in a way that feels safe. Because <laughs> you know what the internet's like. <laughs> Yeah, especially when the FSB is listening, Jamie. Well, at the moment, everyone's listening. Like, we can't. We're, I'm just worried about the FSB. We're a podcast. We hope everyone's listening. I don't know if they are, though. Yeah. Well, do you know one way we can find out if they're listening is by mm. encouraging them if they're enjoying this podcast and they want to see more of the more of it in the future to go to patreon.com forward slash super show and show that support um, in a, in a monetary, I guess, sense. Let's be let's be upfront yeah. about the nature of this transaction. Um, and then if anything happens, if there's any movement on that needle, then we know people are actually listening. And if things stay the same or it's get true. worse... No, if things stay the same, they're probably not listening. If they get worse, they're definitely listening. 
Um, that, uh, <laughs> wow. that, yeah, that link once again, it's patreon.com forward slash super show. So if you are interested, head over there, take a little look around. Like we said, we have multiple tiers that you can uh, pledge from and they each have different benefits associated to them, whether you want to get access to a Discord server or whether you want to get access to a bunch of uh, Patreon gated content that we've uh, been making over the years. It's all there. So take a look, see if anything takes your fancy. And by all means, if you do feel so uh, inclined, feel free to pledge uh, from as little as £2, $2 excuse me, a month. Um, there are some names on screen of some fine folk that have already been so kind as to do that. But we also want to give some personal shout-outs, a personal touch, my lips, Ooh. teeth, and tongue, saying your name to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Brimstone, Cole K, Devnat Coburn, Ice Not Rock Salt, Jesper Camdell Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Pastors Guild, and the Big Dogs. The head on shows, the mm. directors of the the members of the FS bit no no. Um <laughs> Brett Z aka Shellshock, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel Guerrero, and Peas Word. Or as Chris and I were saying before we recorded, two peas and a wad. I don't know if yeah. that was yeah. You know, if these made that joke before. If not, peas, you can have that one for free. Um <laughs> Chris, it's been yeah. A couple of weeks since we've been able to chat games, and that means it's, it's a joy for us because we get to look back over the last two weeks of gaming oh. news and announcements and happenings and pick out our favourite bits to chat about. One of them, fortunately, wasn't quite two weeks old, so hopefully not everyone's bored of it, but it was slightly more than a week old. We uh, we just missed yeah. it by not recording last week's episode, and that was that Sony and PlayStation, more specifically, had another State of Play stream, which, you know, as is slightly predictable perhaps for a late February stream. It was a bit of business as usual. It was a bit of sort of appeasing what you imagine some of their partners are and fulfilling some of the advertising and advertising and marketing beats that they probably agreed out over the last couple of years um or months and um kind of paving the way for what people presume will be a bigger showcase of sorts in the coming months, perhaps even before the traditional sort of E three summertime spot. But yeah for as low key as it kind of was and for as much as it really didn't set the world on fire, there were a few things that we thought were worth uh, bringing back up and chatting about because we liked them, or because we didn't. Ooh. Ooh. You're going to have to listen to find out what's what, but I think it's going to be pretty obvious with this first one. Resident Evil 4 got a new trailer. Have you played? Did you play the original Resident Evil 4? I did not, no. no. Okay. I, ha- uh, hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like It, look, it looks cool, sure. Um I, I don't know if people are getting like overly nostalgic for this. And I, I think I've made my opinion known on some, some of the um, games journalists out there that are like fucking jizzing for this every five seconds. Um, fair enough. You know, like I haven't played it, so I, I, I can't necessarily say. Um, but, you know, any Resi game that the best, best version before this one releases is on the Wii. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Oh, that's give a good me that point. fucking give me that Wii mode. No, but I I don't know. Like it looks really cool. I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into it because obviously, like Resi One, Two, Three, the remakes. I played the originals, played mm. the remakes. Fucking amazing. Um, Resi Four, obviously, very keen to kind of get into. I do think that there is a high level of weirdness to the trailers that they released, and not so much in this latest one, but the okay. trailer before. It, it there did seem to be some jank that I was quite surprised that no one was kind of like pointing out, especially when you think of the job that they did in terms of one, two, and three. Well, I keep on saying one, but like really it's just two and three remakes. Mm. Um, I was just like how fucking smooth and like 
technically cohesive that all felt. And then watching some of the gameplay of this one, it's like, oh, right. There's, it seems like there's still some like clip to action going on, you know? Do you know what? I, I, I do kind of know what you mean. Like, there was an element of uh, Resi 2 and 3 remakes that felt incredibly polished. And we were kind of going through that era, do you remember, where we were all kind of, I think Devil May Cry helped with this as well, but we were taking a step yeah. back and going, Jesus Christ, that RE engine is for real. And yeah. there's something about Resident Evil 4 and the fact that its areas are slightly more open and slightly bigger, perhaps. The number of zombies, or or infected, whatever you want to call them, La Las Plagas, or I don't even know, <laughs> um, that you're fighting at once and... Uh, is kind of is upped, I guess, from um, at least most of Resident Evil two and three, with some exceptions of certain parts of uh, three in particular. Um, and it's also like parts of it take place in like daytime in kind of like a Spanish village, and it's like, well, actually, when you transfer sort of like a moody, dark corridor of a police station to a even even if it's like uh, you know a not super well lit, you know, it's kind of like a dusky midday you know overcast um yeah. spanish village like the look doesn't feel as like it, it, it it's like it, it that look doesn't lend itself quite as well to that engine as as the yeah. stuff that came prior did. but it, but it is kind of weird though right it is kind of weird though because devil may cry did have outdoor scenes it did have daytime scenes obviously in a cityscape yeah, yeah. rather so that there is a difference there's like more visually interesting things to go by rather than like here's brown fields with brown ground and brown you bring up Sting like, again. Is that a verse of Fields yeah. of Gold that I forgot? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's clearly going to be something that people are going to love and people are going to enjoy because if their previous track record is anything to go by, of course they will. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the demo that's going to come out, and then I can yes. finally say that I have le- legitimately tried it, and not just saying that I tried it for internet points. You know. Well, yeah, exactly, and I, I think that's one nice thing that Capcom still remain committed to. Like they did about three different demos for Resident Evil uh, Eight Village. They even <laughs> did an extra one when that third person expansion yeah. DLC came out. So yeah, the idea that everyone's going to get, even if it's some weird thing where like you get to play for one hour maximum on this weekend uh, because Capcom are fucking weird. It's like okay, we'll still get to play the game and get yeah. a little snapshot of whether or not our concerns are justified. Or... Oh shit! You've just reminded me of something. Diablo. Sorry, to just yeah, yeah. I've been thinking yeah. about it too. It's because sorry, just to go for on a, on a bit of a tangent here, because obviously they've announced that their um, open beta is coming, but then they've got like all these fucking rewards for like do do this in the beta, get to level twenty in the beta, yeah. kill this boss in the beta, and you get like this, 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 and I'm like. I got to fucking do that, but I'm annoyed that I have to do that. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I will uh, say up front, I know for sure that I'm away the weekend of the the closed beta, I guess, the pre the beta for pre-order. Oh, the pre-order beta. Okay. So I'm only going to be taking part in the open beta if you did want to link up. Okay, yeah. I, I'm still kind of like in two minds about pre-ordering. Um, yeah. It, it's one of those things that like, I, I could pre-order. I would inevitably get it. Me having a pre-order now or not having a pre-order is not going to move the needle in terms of where that game like sits in terms of sales and Blizzard. Like, who cares? Absolutely. Um, it, it's more a case of just like, I yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, you know what? If nothing else, we'll have that entire weekend to figure out what the fuck is going on. And like speaking of Outriders earlier, if there is something I do, do like excuse me it's that open beta weekend of like a live service style game 
Like I remember both Destinies. I remember all the Division ones. I remember the fucking the Avengers one, for example. Like I <laughs> like that feeling of everyone sitting down to be like, "Here's we've got two days to really, yeah, like play this game for free and figure out, you know, what we make of it." I enjoy that. That I don't know that zeitgeist feeling. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, should it should be should be a good one. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm high hopes, but yeah, um, lots of people obviously have high hopes for Resi Four, and I'm sure they will not be disappointed. And that's not me being sarcastic or uh, facetious. I, no, I'm sure it will be. I agree with you. I think track record speaks for itself, and they pull out the yeah. bang. But <laughs> you, you, you know, you know what the awkward thing is, though, Jamie, is obviously we're now heading towards the territory of like Resi Five and Six, which by by all means are fine games, and they have their people that love them. But we are going down the route of like. Maybe diminishing returns with where Resi yeah. goes. I, I, I think they pump the brakes. I, 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 even if they even if five was deemed old enough, I don't think there's that much value there in 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 remaking. I think they five. wouldn't want to would tread it. How they're going to yeah. go like African villages and. I, I think I think I think there's an is an opportunity to kind of like like I've heard the Code Veronica name come up a few times. I think there's opportunities to kind of go kind of go off the beaten path a little bit with Resident Evil. And say, hey, like if we've got a team that have gotten really good at remaking stuff, even in like a format or a style that the original didn't exist in, then or or just or just going back through like other you know the Capcom back catalogue, like the internet still creams over Dino Crisis every oh, single yeah. time there's a live stream. Like you could be watching a fucking Nintendo Direct, and someone in the YouTube like live stream comments will be spamming Dino Crisis. <laughs> like you don't know where you are, but I get I get where you're coming from. So <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, um, but Chris, it's interesting speaking about how you know you're sure that they're going to pull it off, um, and you're sure that people's high expectations will be met. There is another game that was uh, heavily featured. Actually, it was arguably the highlight, and ended up being one of the biggest talking points of that state of play. <laughs> that has actually left people um, <laughs> uncertain over whether or not it will meet their uh, expectations, whether they were lofty or grounded to begin with, um, and that is Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League, which is yeah. uh, when it comes out in, I believe, May will be the latest uh, uh, produce from Rocksteady uh, Studios, who are, uh, of course, most famous for what they consider to be the Arkham trilogy of games, uh, that mm -hmm. being Asylum City and Night. Um, it's been a little while, as you can tell from that. Um, <laughs> eight years, to be precise, uh, since they last released a game, and the fruits of their labor have been put on display for the world to see, Chris. And the internet, if it's anything, you know, if that's a fair way to kind of like read the room on how people feel about it, um, it, it the, the reception felt frosty, uh, from what I'd say, both to um, the gameplay, which we saw sort of an extended demo. It was a kind of one of the traditional co-op style, uh, like extended gameplay sequences where cutting between different perspectives and mm. trying to sort of show how each of these four members of the Suicide Squad are unique and, and play different from one another and have their own sets of abilities and their own specializations in terms of weapons, even if a large amount of it did amount to this character can jump 50 feet in the air, find some way to stay in the air a little bit longer, and probably shoot a gun while they're in the air, maybe <laughs> at something purple or glowing and or, or both, um, including <laughs> a helicopter, which was just covered in purple stuff and had a big purple bubble on the front. It's like, hey... You know the shoot. You know the part in video games where you shoot the bit that's glowing in a different color. Yeah, shoot, shoot yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
they then, um, as if a little bit of damage hadn't already been done by that gameplay reveal, they didn't. They ended a bit more of a deep dive with uh, multiple interviews from members of the development team and talked a little bit more about their vision for Suicide Squad. And although it does seem we are going to get a a solid story that can be played. Um, either solo with co-op teammates, excuse me, AI teammates, or in up to four-player co-op um, that will, of course, feature not just the Suicide Squad, but all your favorite members of the Justice League, um, albeit in slightly altered forms. Um, the main talking point, again, that rose out of that deep dive was the games as a service or the live service elements that were touched upon by members of the development team talking about everything from a, a, a battle pass that is going to feature cosmetic items to talking about their kind of their long-term vision for the game and 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 how they want to kind of support it with cosmetics and characters and events for um i don't know months years after the fact um <laughs> and and chris if i were to kind of put this in kind of like a no no i don't know like in a bubble like if i was trying to sum this all mm. up i'd say it felt like people were bummed out that they waited eight years to see what rocksteady were working on and it turned out to be a what could potentially be seen as, again, depending on how you interpret yeah. the gameplay, a somewhat generic-looking <clears throat> four-player co-op shooter starring a group of characters that could be unique in terms of their personalities, but don't look particularly unique or in, like or, or different from one another in their gameplay terms. Like focuses on a shooting system that doesn't seem to differ much from character to character, which is then mm. itself enhanced or like linked to a loot system. That feels rooted in game design. That you know, when everyone started to see what Destiny was doing and going, we should do that too. And then supported by the tale of a sort of like these live service trappings that people are also somewhat bored of. Which you know, you so sort of, this is a one plus one plus one equals three in this situation. And yeah, three is, yeah. Um, yeah. The three being <laughs> here's three things we don't like about this game very much. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much of a controversial take this is. But I think, I think it looked okay. I think it looked fun, and and I, we we were kind of discussing it, um, chatting about it when we met up, uh, Yumi and Jonesy. Yeah. Where it's like I I get everything that people are saying about it, but at the same time I do feel that they're maybe going a little bit too harsh on it. So if we just break it down, so yes, there is like a, a battle pass system, but correct me if I'm wrong. That's not a paid battle pass. It's just a battle pass within the game. Right, the, that is my understanding. Yeah, and it's cosmetics yeah. only. Yeah. Okay. So fine. That's like, hey, if you like battle passes, which hey, here's a secret, Jamie. I do actually like battle passes, paid or not. Like, I think it's fine to add in a, an additional layer of progression into your game. That's absolutely fine. Obviously, depending on how you do it. Sure. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but people like kicking off that, like, oh, that user interface where you pause the menu and it's got one for gear and it's got one for social and it's one got got a tab for the battle pass. It's like, bro, that's just where we are now. Just get into it, right? Like, it, it, either let it bother you and know that it's not going to change, or just accept it. Because I, I think there's a difference here of being pissed off with something that the games industry is doing. Let's take NFTs for example being pissed off enough that they can that you can change their mind for it to uh, for people to go back on it okay and that's what happened with nfts it, it seems unless you're square enix but there's another element of it of saying like why are you so anti battle pass why are you so anti having a social tab right if i could play devil's advocate and try and ask yeah, some of those yeah. questions and i say devil's advocate because these aren't ideas that i uh, subscribe to entirely 
you know. I mean, I just, I just, yeah. I just played Outriders for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but like, I think first of all, the battle pass thing. I think some people see that as an element of like you're taking content from the game and kind of breaking it out in this piecemeal way as a way of artificially lengthening the amount of time you want me to spend in this ecosystem and how much time you want me to play this game, especially when like certain encounters are designed to be repeated over and over again. And that idea yeah. of being like oh, I just killed Flash for the ninth time, so I got one level up on my battle pass, and now I've got my, like, a pair of, you know, Australian flag, bud, uh, you know, budgie <laughs> smugglers for, for Captain Boomerang. And also I, oh, um, I just killed fucking Wonder Woman for the 12th time, and she dropped an LMG that does th- three more damage per second more than my previous LMG, but only when I'm shooting... Um, yeah, look. Uh, only when only when I'm shooting enemies with a purple goo on them that have been electrocuted out and within thirty seconds, it, it's like okay, I, I get like, that. I, but, I get hey, that. Do you remember but... what made you famous, Rocksteady? Like making one of the most unique and original and engaging combat systems of all time. And now we're kind of making like an anthem-looking thing where, like, whether you're playing as Captain Boomerang or King Shark, two people that should be on polar opposites of like the playstyle meter, are both going to go, oh, a new epic shotgun. And yeah. it's like, is it? I, I, and I think that's fair points, especially from like a, a devil's advocate point of view. And I think there is some merit to it. But at the same time, I think, like, look, don't get me wrong. I fucking hate gear score. Okay. Just right. give me like plain numbers. Don't give me a fucking tallied up gear score because that fucking does my head in. But anyway, um, <laughs> that that's a personal, personal preference. But I think a lot of what you're talking about is not necessarily, it is pushed back to the system, but it shouldn't necessarily be pushed back to the system, in my opinion. It should be pushed back to the implementation of that system. Okay. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that system. But you're right. When the implementation of a system like that is you have to beat Flash nine times in order to get like an incremental increase in your gear score, mm. an overall gear score, that just means one fucking thing. I don't think that's viable. But mm-hmm. if you take a system like that where... It's cosmetically charged, okay, but it gets fed out in a fair enough cadence, okay, then that's not a problem to me. If you are talking about a power creep in terms of what your weapons are doing, guess what, motherfucker? ARPGs have been doing that since fucking Diablo 1, right? Right. Like, like there's nothing inherently wrong with that system, but there is something wrong with how a developer might implement a system like that. It's like when I used to say to Jonesy, every time he talked, got angry about seeing numbers coming out of a character's head, and I would always tell him, you know numbers are always coming out. It's just some games show you them and some games don't. And I yeah. guess that that's kind of what you're saying right about like the past. Like, the numbers are always going up, just some games put get, show you those numbers and use them as a way to incentivize yeah. you to keep playing or to get better stuff or to level up, um, and some games don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I think I think Gear Score was introduced as a way to kind of make that less um less difficult to navigate how you are progressing as your character with your loot. Mm. Um and I think that's why I dislike it because it kind of feels like a dumbing down of that entire system and it just kind of it does bring out the worst essence of that of saying like, well, what is a 1% increase? Yeah. Whereas really what you should be trying to do is like, how do these different pieces connect to each other as a system to benefit you in an interesting build rather than like, no, just numbers go up, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like that. that's why I say like the system, I think is fine per se. It's not perfect. Okay. But I don't think it's a bad system to fucking the whole internet to rally against. Like what we should be rallying against is how it's implemented and how 
predatory it can be. And I think, you know, maybe we try and give the people that did, like you said, created the best combat system in a game is potentially ever seen. Maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt that they were able to say, well, it's a free battle pass system, it's a free progression, and maybe we can try and do it but, in a way that makes sense. But then on the on the on the combat side of things, yeah, I was gonna I say don't, if we compare yeah. gameplay to gameplay rather yeah, than gameplay. I don't I don't I don't disagree with you that Cats and Boomerang and fucking King Shark should be polar opposites. I one hundred percent agree. And I think like but this is the question of like, I feel we need to get into it, we need to play it, mm-hmm. right? We need to understand how much of the focus is actually on the shotgun that you pick up compared to your skills and your powers. And because your skills and powers might force you to be in closer combat than further along combat. Do you know what I mean? I'd imagine Captain Boomerang was someone who'd like to have a lot of space between people, whereas King Shark would be right up melee distance, essentially. Yeah. So I, I think I think it might be a bit harsh to kind of lament them on that, especially because like, the one example I gave to you and Jonesy when we were discussing it was when I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy gameplay, which was like, here's a character that shoots, here's another character that shoots, here's another character that shoots. And I was like, that looks fucking boring. But by all means, you get into it and but it, it's almost like the product is better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, but then you're also getting into this weird territory where like Guardians of the Galaxy had, I think, a combat system that was for the most part better than it sort of it previewed and it showed in trailers. But the best part about Guardians of the Galaxy was that it was a linear, narrative-driven like yeah. game with yeah. a really good story at its heart and like really like not not like perfectly written characters, but far more likable written like likably written characters than anyone thought they would be. Um, and and the in the in a, in, the, in a world of Marvel's Avengers and Gotham Knights, it hadn't got distracted by any of that other nonsense that ended up in both of those examples being superfluous. And so I, yeah. I almost don't blame people for looking at um, looking at Suicide Squad and going like, a, oh, no, not again, kind of sinking feeling. I, I get that. I mean, we, we've said it on the podcast, and we've had arguments with Josie on this podcast about there is a blueprint out there of how this game can work, a game like this, a games as a service can work, and how it can fail. And we were lamenting that at that time, we were talking about Avengers, we were talking about... God, there was another game that flopped that had the same thing. But effectively, we're saying, like, how can they get at this wrong? The blueprint is there. They should know. Oh, right, yeah. They, they should know the fucking pitfalls of it. And then a lot of the companies just keep on, like, running headfirst into that fucking gaping pit. Yeah. And, and it's entirely... Gotham Knights was one of those examples where yeah. that looked like a game that was running towards that gaping pit, trying to walk back as far back from that gaping pit as it could without, you know, removing, taking the floor away from under its feet. Um, and then releases kind of this weird hodgepodge of the two, where those systems were still in there, but you didn't need to use them in any meaningful way, so they felt stupid, but that also meant you could ignore them, but you were also left with a story that wasn't worth focusing on when you did, which I hope Suicide Squad does have when all else is said and done. is Like, I know some people are getting a bit wound up by, like, the kind of the combat barks and some of the small talk and the chitter chatter. I think that's one of those things that people are just hypersensitive about at the moment because games like Horizon, uh, uh, Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok, and 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 a handful of other examples have kind of really, you know, breached that conversation in the last couple of years about like gaming small talk and gaming wisecracks mm. and and sort of you know quir- quirky superhero dialogue. Um, but I still think that the, like the core lint, like the narrative of um, of Suicide Squad could be interesting. 
I just yeah. think there's a part I, of me that's I think like, it seems fine. If you took those four characters and said like, like let's just look, let don't give them gun like don't for starters don't give them guns unless they've already got one like Deadshot has one and I think Captain Boomerang and some like my mm. like or, or give them all one gun that's different to one another for example like and yeah, like yeah. kind of like what it looked like in some of the earliest trailers and then focus hone in on like what makes each of those characters different what makes each of them unique. And make a system where, whether it's like a Guardians-like system where you're directing other uh, characters, or you're switching between them, or you're choosing one and specializing at it, like I don't, I don't know, it, like explore that. I'd, I'd have been far more interested in seeing that direction explored rather than whether I'm playing as Harley Quinn or whether I'm playing as Deadshot or whatever it is. I'm still grinding for this, like you know, the, whatever fucking Suicide Squad's equivalent of the Gallahorn is, you know, like. <laughs> Ah, oh, this rocket launcher. This this minigun drops like in what one has a one in one hundred and thirty two. Like, I'm not entirely bored of that. I wouldn't have played Outriders this week if I was. <laughs> so that's why I mentioned earlier that some of this is playing devil's advocate. But um, I still think there's a part of it that's just like I'd be less bothered by this if this wasn't what Rocksteady had taken eight years to produce. Yeah, the the eight thing eight years thing kind of blows my mind. Like. To have to bankroll a studio for eight years just because they produced like a really good trilogy, yeah, that ta- that takes a lot of buy-in from that's, anyone. That's, that's an incredible amount of money. I like. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the up-to-date numbers on how big Rocksteady is is as a studio. That's an incredible amount of money. Um, an incredible but we, but amount like, of support. For instance, we also don't know what they've been working on in that time. So there, true, there, true. there were rumors of like, hey, they're working on a Superman game. Yeah. Well, turns out they didn't. But were they? Do you know what I mean? Like, how long has Suicide Squad actually been in development? In in a in a point of saying, this is the game that we yeah. are going to make, and well, it's called Kill the Justice League, and this is the story or the beats of the story. You know? Yeah. I mean, to to your point, like one game that I've been asking to see again. Uh, every single time Microsoft have had some kind of live stream, for example, is Fable, which of course was known about for years prior to a, re- a reveal, and now it has been years since that reveal, and it's still just yeah. that one trailer. Um, Andy Robinson on the uh, second episode of the VGC podcast, which obviously you can tell episode two started very recently, said that he had heard, I guess, sort of like off the cuff, like it's, an, I don't know, he didn't state a source or anything like that, but he mm. had heard that effectively fable has just gone into production like in terms of like figuring out exactly what that game is and building a team it's just gone into production yeah. and like yeah when you look at the, the they talk about this a lot during that episode of the podcast like how difficult it is to hire and secure talent in the uk especially at the moment um and how much difficulty uh they had you know the, the fucking you know forza horizon team had figuring out like actually what is a fable reboot and how do we make that work in the Forza Horizon engine? It's like you, you lay all that stuff out, and you're like, yeah, that probably might take a long time to get to the point where you're like, okay, this is idea, our idea, and we're doing it. And maybe for Rocksteady, it was very much the same thing. It was like, what do we do next? Like, can yeah. we use that combat system again? If we don't, if we decide that we need to redefine ourselves and move on from Arkham Combat, but want to make the same impact with whatever we do next. How long do you fucking give yourself to spend workshopping like the next iteration of like Arkham or like what if they said to themselves we're gonna do what uh, for, for for gunplay what Arkham did for melee 
Like, what if yeah. that was their goal? And they just spent, like, fucking, you know, two years prototyping and then came away from it going, we can't. That's the reality of video game development sometimes. It's entirely possible. Yeah, exactly. It's entirely possible. But I, I will say just, like, my final take on it. Okay. Yeah. Watching that gameplay version, I mean, probably if they just released the gameplay, it would have been fine, I think. But the dev team stuff kind of, like, really fucking stuck it to them. Yeah. But if they, like, just looking at that extended gameplay trailer, you can't tell me that regardless of whatever misgivings you might have about the title and even knowing the stuff from the dev team stuff, you cannot look at that footage and look at your friend and not have a grin on your face and be like, that's going to be us, baby. That's going to be like... Well, uh, yeah. it, it At the core, it looks like a seriously fun game to play. And I think that's all it needs to be. I think the traverse will look fun. I, yeah. I, I will stand by the fact that I think I wish the shooting looked less generic. Um, but but again, like maybe it doesn't feel as generic as it looks. I hope it doesn't. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And uh, by, by all means, you know, like um, maybe I am playing the devil's advocate to what the truth actually is. <laughs> no, you no, know, like, I hope you're not. Like that's the but that's the thing I, we need I, to I say. I just right? I just think I just think it's the pedigree thing, the pedigree angle, Jamie. It's like you said. It's like we yeah. should kind of be giving these guys a little bit of leeway. Um, You're not wrong. Maybe on maybe on the Warner Brothers side of things, we shouldn't be giving them the leeway. But, but then Warner Brothers, like as we already mentioned, Warner Brothers gave them eight years. Yeah, like like Warner Brothers. I, I, yeah, I, but, I don't okay. know, but, but it looks like Warner Brothers didn't put them under any unnecessary pressure. To force something, squeeze something out. The yeah, door. but you say that, but maybe they did because maybe they got to six years, still didn't have anything, and then Warner Brothers says, "We are going to shut then, your asses that, down unless you release something in two that, years." That's also fair enough. Like at some yeah, point, whether you're Rocksteady or not, like you can't spend six years not making anything and then not have you know the you know the the the, the boiler turned on underneath your bum. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, don't know. I think it's yeah. going to be a fun game. But then I again, I've, I've said I've said that about a number of games that weren't. So don't fucking take my yeah. word for it. Okay, Can, you're right. You're right in that co-op always helps as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think the real test is going to be how possible is it as a single player thing. Like how, yeah, how much are your AI companions going to fucking piss you off or get in the way, or is it going to be okay? Just get ChatGPT on the case. It'll be fine. Well, we shall find out. It's actually not too long to wait. Like I said, I don't know the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it's in May. Um, so, yes, we've got, like, a, I'd say a solid couple of months ahead. You know, we've got some heavy hitters, Resident Evil 4 that we already mentioned, uh, the new Star Wars game, obviously, coming out in, I think, April. Then Suicide Squad in May. There are yeah. a few others dotted around. Diablo, yeah. as we've already mentioned. 26th of May. 26th of 26th. May. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully, in and amongst all those new releases, we get one of these damn fucking live streams or showcases that actually tells us what people are making for once. Beyond, Pro- hey, yeah. Spider Man's Ke- coming out and does it like by the yeah, number. like where, where are the where are the new and upcoming games that we haven't fucking heard of that aren't just like indie stuff? You know, uh, can I just say as well from like the state of play itself, I thought it was really fucking wank. Like we've we've earmarked Resi 4 and Suicide Squad because I think that was the only stuff that was worth fucking talking about. I see. About. I, this, that's one of those things where I saw the tweet they put out the day before and they were like, five PlayStation VR 2 titles from partners, updates from some other games from partners, and 15 minutes of Suicide Squad. And I was like, beyond seeing what Suicide Squad looks like, okay, that state of play is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. But this, this was... This was 
their contractual obligation state of play. This was their we signed deals with Warner Brothers and with Capcom and and whoever. Um, yeah. And like that's why there were a bunch of games in this that had like shown up in previous state of plays and that were now they were coming back to get like the hey here's you know. Um, Remember this game? It's yeah, coming out. Remember Tachia, the game that we revealed on a state of play? Now we're coming back to tell you it's release day on a state of play. And it's a part of PlayStation yeah. Plus. And I actually yeah. will play that game. I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, fair anyway. enough. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, cool. But yeah, um, honestly, Chris, those were probably you know the heavy hitters from uh, the last couple of weeks. As is often the case in video games, certain stories continue to rumble on and like, rumble away behind the scenes. But the fight... I don't know if it's the nice or the distressing side of the games industry means that you can take a week off from a podcast and come back with a neat amount of things to talk about that, or that you want to talk about, but not an overwhelming amount of stuff. Um, yeah. That said, yeah. If, we, if we pull one of these moves like in the middle of E3, it might we might not be uh, we might not have the same luck. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Actually, it, it depends on... who's there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's it's less about E3 and more about who else wants to do their things outside of E3. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting next three to four months, anyway. And we hope we to see you there as we continue to um, join you when and where we can in as many numbers <laughs> as we can to discuss all the latest goings on in the games industry. So Chris, thank you very much for being with me tonight and for sharing your insight, your opinions, and all your words of wisdom as usual. And a special thanks for talking about Elden Ring because I have no fucking clue <laughs> what is going on in any of that game. Um, and a big thanks to you, the watcher and or listener, for doing your thing, whether you're watching on YouTube or tuning in on a podcasting platform of your choice. We do very much appreciate it. You can catch us again this time next week, hopefully, if you feel so inclined. Same places, same links, same names, because it's all the same shit. And if you feel like supporting us on Patreon, that link once again, patreon.com forward slash super show. And with that, we say thank you very much for joining us tonight, this morning, this afternoon, like whatever time of day it Today, is. Today, tomorrow, forever. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Bye. See ya.